Hello, and welcome to another episode of Adventures in Movies. My name is Nathaniel Muir, and I'm the movie editor at AIPT. Joining me on these ongoing adventures is the host who thinks only idiots call him Baby Yoda. (laughs) That's me. I'm Danny. You're all idiots for calling them Baby Yoda. I agree, by the way. (laughs) Uh, Also joining us is the host who's always a DTF, down to film. That's right. That's right. I'm Blake. How are you guys doing aside from being pissed off at Baby Yoda aficionados? Well, Uh, you just mentioned DTF, and you guys, it was a great episode, by the way, plug. It's on YouTube. I wasn't on that episode, and I really wish I was, because... Fuck man, characters like some it's a crazy character study of a, a person that you don't know. And uh, man, let's follow, you, let's follow a... you around with the camera, Danny, for a while. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, see I how think... wild you get. We wouldn't have to change the name, like. Yeah, it's still be DTF. <laughs> now, uh, you guys did a really good show, and uh, I'm sorry I missed it, guys. I'm sorry I no missed worries. it. No worries, buddy. But I'm oh, good. So we got <laughs> yeah. a lot more. We got more lined up, and we know you'll be oh, here. Yeah, sure. So this week, uh, some pretty big um, movie news. So, or television news, I guess I should say in this case. So, really big coming to Disney Plus. I believe this is the first Marvel show. Also changing its name. Um, a fish called WandaVision dropped its trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I like that way better. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. Then, I mean. Up. I, I thought, you know, um, it was perfect. Based, the trailer is really cool, trippy in a good way, really fun. I think, you know, I haven't watched Disney Plus since, well, I did watch Hamilton, and I hadn't watched it for months before that. Um, I haven't watched Mulan yet. This, I think I'll, this will uh, bring me back to um, Disney Plus. Yeah, I, I, I do feel like that. Uh, we're, me and my girlfriend were talking about, like, what movies we want to watch this weekend, and she's like, oh, we can still watch Mulan. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's still a thing. But, you know, like, I really, Disney Plus is not a thing that I, I that I go straight to anymore. Yeah, the WandaVision is one of the things that for sure has my interest uh, a lot. I do think it's like, it's a, a good kind of trippy trailer. Isn't it crazy how quickly things change? Because it was less than a year ago that we were so excited for Disney Plus. I mean, we were like salivating i remember watching the we watched the kid bull thing we were super excited we just couldn't wait for this damn thing to come out and it came out and you know we were talking about well what, what did you watch and what are you planning on watching and i did this and you did that and here it is you know less than a year later and we're just kind of like well yeah you know i i mean i would i'd rather see antebellum than mulan because that came out so I'll, yeah I'll yeah I'll, it's just kind of weird that disney plus was i mean so up there i was so excited to see it and now i I have it and i I don't plan on canceling it or anything but i mean i just you know i only watch it for for event television and in their their case it's kind of been you know few and far between yeah well i feel like you know like with uh disney plus it's well i mean there's a lot of streaming options and you we've talked about it like pretty much like we beat this like fucking like thing to death but I, at this point, Disney Plus doesn't have anything that is trying to get me there anymore. Like, you know, like I gave up on my Simpsons, like, rewatch. Like, it, like Hamilton was the only reason why I watched, like, two months ago. And again, I, I don't plan on canceling it either. But it's not a thing that I'm like, oh, that's right. Like, let me watch this now. Like, uh, you know, Mandalorian is coming out. And even then, I'm just like, yeah, that'll be cool to watch. Like, it's not yeah. like enticing me to go out there and watch this movie like 
new their new stuff, their new you know shows or whatever. Not even yeah. their new movies. Well, and I was gonna ask. I mean, I don't even know what new movies they had. I know they had the Disney Family Sing Along thing. <laughs> uh, I, 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 you know, that was trending all over the place. Um, we talked about Hamilton. There's gonna be some. I guess it's the lack of stuff that appeals to me. <laughs> like there hasn't mm-hmm. been any Marvel stuff. Um, I mean, I saw Beauty and the Beast on there, both the live and the animated one. I mean, that's it. There's really nothing. Yeah. I don't need to see the Star Wars movies again. I don't really want to watch 21 MC, MCU movies right now <laughs> in my life. So, But who knows? I mean, I they haven't said it, but maybe, maybe COVID has played a part in some of the plans they've had to release things. I know that they, I think um, they just recently announced that Black Widow has been pushed back yet again, which pushes yeah. back everything everything again yeah because everything's interconnected but um i mean i guess kind of a part of me was thinking that oh maybe that will go to stream which is that's a big ask that's a huge ask but i thought maybe it might go to streaming but um i don't know disney plus like but this this trailer is really fun it's kind of what we've always i mean at least in my case it's what i thought how i pictured it in my head it looks like they're following that no pun intended vision (laughs) and um i'm looking forward to seeing it what say you blake (laughs) (laughs) uh i bailed on disney plus like fucking immediately i canceled it i i watched mandalorian i canceled it i've had no desire to go back uh i just watched trailer yeah, it looks weird. Looks kitschy, cool. I'm not gonna get Disney Plus for that. Um, I'll probably wait till Mandalorian rolls around. I'll probably sign up for a month, watch all this stuff within the matter of weeks, and then I'll cancel it again. <laughs> that's, I think that's how it's gonna work for old Disney Plus and and Blake. It's one of those, you know. I bet I bet you're in the majority uh, for yeah. different things. People are gonna subscribe for different things. Um, with the intention of jumping off, but they're gonna manage to wrangle in a few subscribers based on that um yeah yeah and there's the suckers like danny and i heard just like oh we don't really watch it but i don't want to just just i don't want to cancel it thing for it so why not <laughs> i mean you know i i do have i do have that bundle with uh hulu and um espn plus and espn plus has a an interesting 30 for 30 coming out the life and trials of oh gosh he's a paralympic but and then he was involved in a murder somehow. Oh, that guy! Oh, yeah, Pistorius. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, that, it's yeah, like a four-part thing. At... <laughs> yes, it, it's a uh, it's coming out this week. I want to say so. Wow. I mean, stuff like that. I, I love the thirty for thirty stuff. Um, it has already an impressive library, and they keep adding to it. So I mean, that makes me keep the bundle. And then if um, Disney Plus occasionally drops, you know they you know, throw me a bone here with Hamilton and WandaVision <laughs> and what if, and you know, whatever they have planned for the future, then I mean, I'll stick around. It's, you know, sure. why yeah. not? Yeah, um, that's what sorry, does. No, no. I mean, that, I think that's what my dad is doing. He's like trying to like try out every streaming service. So he's like, Oh, let's see what Peacock has to offer. Like, you know, how's like, he enjoying the browsers? <laughs> <laughs> he loves it. He loves it. He's like, you know what? This is this is this is art right here. <laughs> I don't know what it is when it, when I see it, but uh, no, I, don't, I, I can't I can't define it. But I know art when I see it. <laughs> so um, apparently, and uh, Danny, you're gonna have to clue this in on us, but uh, they're launching Tom Cruise into space. Yeah. So uh, on Wednesday, which is today, uh, Doug Lehman uh, of the Born Identity movies. Uh, and Tom Cruise will be headed to the IS the ISS in October of 2021, thanks to uh, Elon Musk. 
So they're going to be... <laughs> Elon Musk is sending oh, Tom this Cruise... Is, this is the way he dies, I think. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. Is, this is the start of a horror movie, or at yeah. least a South Park episode. Okay, a disaster <laughs> movie at the very yeah. least. It's a disaster <laughs> movie at the best, yeah. Uh, so it's... a uh, uh, So you, uh, Universal... Uh, who we talked about many, many times this year, uh, has made a production commitment of $200 million to this project with Tom Cruise uh, to film his next movie in space. And it's not like, it's like the, what is it, like 200, it's like it, just our atmosphere is out there. It's not really like deep space or anything like that. Right, right, right. I didn't figure he it's was no, going It's no moon. It's, I mean, it's no moon, but... <laughs> Yeah. Like to me, it's like, oh, you're going to space. Oh you're yeah, for for us schlubs, yeah, he's you know he's he's in the outer reaches, but yeah. I get <laughs> for dude, I, some, I climb up the flight of stairs and I get dizzy. So it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for some cosmonauting shit. But... Yeah, fuck that. No, no. I mean, <laughs> so is this a part of? And do you guys think is this in the Scientology handbook? Like, is this part of the prophecy? <laughs> he's going up there to drop pamphlets. <laughs> he's the chosen one all these years people have made fun of, like these chosen one stories and all the video games and movies and television shows and people oh. are sick of it I, maybe we're actually seeing it dude Leo Romani's gonna be out there with a goddamn fucking heat seeking missile fucking launch at this fucking thing <laughs> <laughs> you know I was uh, so I've been watching um, Cobra Kai on YouTube and uh, I know that um, Tom Cruise is not in that, but Ralph Macchio is in that, which kind of yeah. led to The Outsiders, which Tom Cruise. And I was thinking about, wow, Tom Cruise is uh, he's been around forever. Um, he was at one point, I think he was considered a good actor. I know he was nominated <laughs> for Oscars and stuff. Yeah. But when I was a kid, he was like, you know, the the, the cool dude, the hunk. And then yeah. uh, he kind of went crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, I mean, people just joked about him being short. That was the thing. Yeah, yeah. And he was married to Nicole Kidman, who was this, you know, model-esque Australian. And then all of a sudden, he went crazy. Yeah. And he, and he married Katie Holmes, who's like thirty years younger than him, or something. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Well, she bailed. I think she, she bailed. bailed as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she had a. I, they said she was like held hostage or something. And... Yeah, she started dating Jamie Fox. Like that's a glow up for sure. Like, good job. Whoa. <laughs> Damn. Two cast members of Collateral. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it's a, I do I do like Collateral. It's a good movie. Uh, yeah, Collateral is actually pretty cool. Well, yeah, Collateral's cool. Um, Tom Cruise is a very it's it's so interesting to me that he's still the I mean he's still doing these amazing action movies <laughs> being launched into space now. Um, Two hundred million dollars for a movie nowadays is like a drop in the bucket. It seems like. Yeah, um, but that's just to get him to space, right? That doesn't yeah. count all the rest of the shit. I don't. Right? Yeah, exactly. I don't think that's yeah. like. It's oh, that's just for the space part. That's yeah, that's space just part. Oh shit. Yeah, it's like they're not even like saying like this is we're gonna put this much money out there, but it's getting him to space, and it doesn't co- put anything else on top of that. So this might be well, outbeat Avatar is the most expensive movie then maybe. Well, it's, I mean they can they can they can shoot their wad on the space thing, and the rest <laughs> of the movie might only be like five million dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what I would do if I had the budget. I'm launching someone to space. Yeah, the rest of it takes place in one room. It's a court deliberation. It's just, <laughs> him, on his, man, yeah. it's just him on his motorcycle driving around. That's it. <laughs> it's just Cross- a five minute shot of him driving into the sunset <laughs> from from, uh, from Cape Canaveral to Sturgis. <laughs> if you can read this, the bitch fell off. <laughs> Uh, you know, and um, I actually 
we, we joke and Tom Cruise has gotten weirder and weirder over the years, but uh, I actually think the guy's really cool. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know how, like, I, like, this has been, we've talked about, like, all the great movies and everything, but Top Gun 2 is, like, something that I've been waiting for. And I, I, I can't wait. You know, COVID sucks. Like, uh, you go to Walmart and you see all these, like, little, like, toys and everything for Top Gun. And I was like, yeah, of course I want to have fucking Maverick and and, uh, and Goose here. You know what's Do they crazy? have one that's Goose that's just like a fucking box of ashes? <laughs> I knew that joke was coming. And it's yes, like it is. <laughs> you know what's crazy is... um. Uh, what's called Top Gun back in the day I remember well like years and years after it came out, I remember people talking about how they joined the Air Force because they saw Top Gun what I thought I, I've, I've heard like five or six people in my life say that which is just so crazy to me but, damn I hope they enjoyed Colorado <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> yeah no shit right hopefully uh, Colorado Springs is a beautiful place yeah <laughs> all right so Blake you're gonna educate us uh, what is yeah. it that we what, what do we need to know what's going on all right hey, you know what boys I'm not one to know everything, definitely not. But what I do know is I like myself a good cinematic uh, gaming experience. And it just got me thinking. It used to be such a common thing. <laughs> um, the, like video games back, you know, when there wasn't awesome graphics and et cetera and super awesome, you know, design and all this stuff going into games, you know, they did a lot of full motion video um, there was lots of uh, just clips and stuff. There were games based completely around that, but I just wanted to, wanted to talk about it with you guys. What? Uh, and I guess we'll start with uh, what are uh, what are your favorite uh, cinematic experiences in video games, and conversely, uh, the worst. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I love, and I, and I think I think this is such a great topic because one, um, on so many levels, like people would talk about when I was growing, and I'm talking like you know. When, when bits were a thing, like Nintendo and Sega days, like people would talk about how it ruins your imagination. But uh, those graphics were, I mean, they were great for us at the time, but they were also, they weren't so great that you couldn't, you had to make up your own story kind of. So they built up the imagination, I always thought. And I remember thinking at those times, because that's when the licensed video games um, really started coming. Again, I, the whole like, you know, I you wish you could play the movie, you wish you could play the movie. Which led to eventually uh, um, the David Cage stuff came out, like Heavy Rain, and Detroit Become Human. But by that point, it seemed, and I think it's funny, Blake, that you say that you enjoy it because you don't, you seem like the type of, there's those people who hate those games. They can't stand those games. And I don't get it. Like, I played Detroit um, Beyond Human. um, I got it, like, day, day one, I got it when it came out. I loved it. I thought it was great and yeah like you have only so much control i guess so that um you know you're kind of prompted to do to make decisions like it doesn't tell you what decision to make but this is what when i was a kid that i would think about when i would think about playing a movie like right. it's a movie playing out in front of you and maybe it's 20 or 25 minutes of you watching the action but you're controlling the movie I'll, I'll, you know it's I love cinematic movies, and my favorite one, I guess, is the first, to me, the first really, really big one was Heavy Rain, which um, I enjoyed the hell out of. I played it so many times, and, you know, you play it to make everyone survive, you play it to make everybody die, which, you know, takes about 10 minutes. You play <laughs> you play to where three people survive, and you do it, like, I loved all the endings and ways you can get to the end, and the, the directions the story would and wouldn't take, like... I love Firewatch. Like, I love... Oh, Firewatch yeah. is a great, great experience. I love those. And that game, you, like, jump. <laughs> like, yeah. read notes, and that's it. And I love yeah. that stuff. I think it's cool. It's 
I, I every time I see walking simulator and you know people are always derisive about it. I think like, well, in Baldur's Gate, like you would, um, which is a great game, but you can control the party or you can set the party to where the AI would just fight for you and you would oh, do nothing you at just all. Watch, yeah, you just watch. Yeah, it's it's the same shit. And people love Baldur's Gate for for good reason. It's a great game, but I just never understood. Like, I love cinematic gaming. I don't understand why people hate it so much. <laughs> well. You, you know, the funny thing is I, I worked in a video game store for a long time. Um, and I don't think you met me at that time, Pat. But uh, Blake oh, yeah. have, have, knows that for sure. But I I think the thing with, like, with people not liking cinematic, I think they wanted to have more of a it's, – it's that, the control. Like they want to make sure that they – they're the ones doing a lot of these things. I think when the quick time events happened or started like being a more popular thing, like thanks to like Devil May Cry and all these like third person like action games, I, I feel like you know they were like just not able to do a lot of stuff. Um, but I feel like the first times like I I remember seeing like uh, like cinematic gaming like and I, and I feel like cutscenes like because I, I guess I always wanted to play like Win Commander and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I remember like wanted to like this was like actors on this and even like a commanding conquer you had like oh, yeah. these, like these really cool like moments and it wasn't just like it was a cutscene and you got to like experience like 15 minutes of just like or not even 15 minutes i'm probably exaggerating like five minutes of these like like monologues like you know yeah, and i was, mean acting i mean you're talking yeah, wing commanders yeah, mark yeah. hamill and malcolm mcdowell like yeah like, yeah it's like actual uh, movie you know <laughs> And, and you know, like the biggest one that I barely got to play, like maybe two, three years ago, was a uh, Night Trap. Uh, oh, from sure. The... Yeah, I was wondering if that was gonna get brought up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's and an I, interesting one. It's super interesting. Like, and you know what? Like, it's kind of a letdown, in it a way. It is. I agree yeah. with you. Like at the time, because I, I was, I had a Genesis, and um, I was like so into that. Like, I really, really, really wanted to play that game, mm-hmm. and then I did it until years and years later. But by the time I had played it, like it was after GTA Four, I know that. So I'd already seen cutscenes and graphics had improved yeah. to such a degree yeah. that uh, and Trap the idea was... of seeing a girl in a bra is less exciting. <laughs> <laughs> There's that too. Like it w- yeah. would have been awesome in eighth grade. It's not the same. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and Dana Plato was dead also. So oh no, shit, Jesus. So Dana, Dana Plato, Marco Kidder is in a game that I wanted to talk about. So Lois Lane. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think let's see what was it. It is uh, yeah. It's uh, so that's a perfect segue actually. So <laughs> so when I grew up, uh, like I was like probably like uh. I was born in 83. So um, by 1993, um, this is like the first wave of like the 486DX computers that like the home PC was like actually kind of affordable for, for some families. And and uh, a lot of these games were coming out on PC. Um, and so from 90, 90, 91 to like 95 was kind of like the sweet spot to me. And so the first one on my list, actually, no, it's the second one, but we'll start there. Under a Killing Moon. It's a Tex Murphy adventure, which yeah. these are like uh, noir. You're a noir yeah. detective, grizzled noir detective story. Um, and the cool thing about these is they're they're completely cinematic. They have live action live uh, actors uh, doing all the cutscenes, and uh, they're cool because they kind of just rewarded you with those cutscenes for solving puzzles. 
and they're kind of like click around the screen and, and discover things and and but more or less you're solving puzzles you get rewarded with the game and or with those with the cinematic and that's kind of like there was a bunch of games like this seventh guest was another one that was like really really popular but yeah Margot kidder was in this under a killing moon she plays a bartender believe it or not <laughs> so um uh yeah seventh guest uh, i think that was like I would say that was probably like the first one. It's 100% cinematic. Um, you're kind of discovering. You're just unlocking a story, you know. And like you're talking about with like being human or like uh, Until Dawn, they're kind of like choose your own adventure novels. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've all I always loved that kind of stuff. Another one that I really liked was Gabriel Knight. Um, the second one actually is called The Beast Within. Fully cinematic. It's really campy and like ridiculous at times, but. It was such a fun experience. Like if I was sitting there watching my brother play these things, it didn't I was enjoying it just as much to sit there and watch him play, you know, over his shoulder because I mean it wasn't an action-based game. All, these games were telling you a story and I just I really 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 love when a game goes out of its way to just tell you a great story. Firewatch, perfect example of that. Um I think there's some other ones in there like um I think uh Dead Space was yeah. like a really really cool story. So- and it loses track, but go ahead, Danny. So, no, yeah. So, like, when uh, Dead Space was coming out, what I liked about that game, it, it took a lot of inspirations of the horror films that we grew up with. It, you know, like, it, it has, you know, the same kind of tension that Alien had. It has, like, mm. you know, in the whole, like, vast of space, there's, like, no noise, which makes it even more tense. And everything is, like, danger, danger is, like, almost everywhere. And I'm, like, I think when that game came out, I think I remember pitching it to be, like, what you need for this game. It's a really good surround sound because sure. it's going to be coming out at any time. And they're like, they didn't understand how horror in a game would work because yeah. this was the first time that something like this was, I think, being made. And so I remember people be just coming back and they're like, what the fuck is this game? Like, wh- what what's going on? Like, how do you like how like there were, the question was always like, how? And I'm like, yeah. well, this is the movie that you need to watch and you will understand <laughs> how it will work. And I think Alien, like, is a huge influence for, like, Dead Space. Oh, Dead Space for sure. I mean, th- there's, I think there's a, there's a lot of borrowing and stuff, you know, that, you know, that gets used in video games. But, like, I, I don't know. Sometimes you can actually see, like, the direction is done like a movie instead of a video game. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. I always, I always appreciate that. Um, but there, there's a lot of different experiences out there. Um, Pat, you and I were talking about um, uh, board games. Uh, there. This is probably in the same era, like nineteen ninety, what two, three, four, right in there. Um, there were some board games. So uh, you had a couple actually that that you utilized VHS. <laughs> I guess you can say we had three, but I mean they were one. So we had uh, VCR WrestleMania, which was it was a straight up just a board with a, like a monopoly board, just nothing intricate. You just, it's just a square. That's all it is. No twists, no turns. But occasionally you would land on a square or you would draw a card. They would say play tape and then you would play the tape and it'd be a segment of a match. And that's mainly why I got the game was to see, get these clips of matches because they were uh, this is before pay-per-view or at least in El Paso, there was no pay-per-view. So mm-hmm. they would show yeah, they show a little bit of a WrestleMania here and there. But, you know, you can rent that. But they would show these house show things that you I mean, I couldn't see a match from the Philadelphia Spectrum. So I could watch it on this thing and it'd be Hulk Hogan in white, you know, which is just. You know, everyone associates them with the yellow and red. Yellow, so, yeah. so it was really cool. That's but um, the game itself was uh, like there was just two colors. I mean, it's simple. You can only be two players, red and blue. 
uh, <laughs> one wrestler would be assigned blue, one wrestler would be assigned red. They would show like a three minute clip, and you know they would do like a body slam or a headlock <laughs> or something. The person who was doing the move, uh, they would get points. And the person who was taking the move would get zero points, or sometimes they would lose points. But it was really easy to win because it's a it's a videotape. So once you've seen it one time, like that's it, you know. So uh, the, that's the inherent problem with these. Yeah. Things. So if you ever play, if ever anyone ever challenges you to VCR WrestleMania, pick blue because <laughs> they show the end of the Hogan Andre match. Hogan gets the pin, twenty points for blue right there. but the reason i said we had two or three is because we also had vcr clue which is you know your the traditional classic clue board game except it has vhs tapes but uh the reason i said we had two or three is because there was a blue box which was uh one case or one set of case there was like i think four or five on each tape and then we had a red box which was a different set of cases um and but it still had the normal clue board and it had the the envelope where you would guess who it was and stuff like that. But the clues were on the videotape, which was it was fun. I mean, obviously these games you can only play them one time, <laughs> which is kind of and, and the acting. It's you know they they, they weren't getting uh, it wasn't Martin Mole and uh, Madeline Kahn. Right. <laughs> this was this was you know the the community theater performing, but. Uh, they were cool. I mean, when you're when you're a kid, it was, and you and you like Clue or wrestling or whatever the case may be. They were really. I I thought they were groundbreaking and incredibly fun. And I I just would brag about it to everybody I knew. Oh yeah, totally. The uh, I remember getting so excited. So the one I had was called. Uh, I guess my brother bought it. It was called Nightmare. Um, and I think probably that's one of the most common. It was like most widely available. Um. And so, like, it was like a horror base. Like, there was like this crypt keeper guy. So you put in the tape, and you did the, you played the game, and you did dice, and then you would, when certain things would happen, you would play the tape exactly kind of like what you're saying. And I, w- I remember playing through it once with like my brother, and I was like, oh, that was awesome. And so, like, I got like my dumb friends together, and we we played, and like about five minutes into it, I was like, oh. It's gonna go exactly <laughs> the same <laughs> way. I was like, "Oh crap! These ga- you can only play this game one time." It's it's so funny that they they didn't think that through. <laughs> you know what's it's it's really funny too because the thing I remember, I don't remember how much the WrestleMania Clue game was, but I remember the VCR Clue things were ten bucks. So that's how we convinced our mom to get them. We were like, "Look, they're videotape, <laughs> but they're cheaper than the board game." But that's because the board game you can play forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the only thing I guess I could really had was like Trivial Pursuit, like the Disney edition to all this. I love Trivial Pursuit. Oh, they had one with videos? Oh, that's Yeah, cool. they had one with videos. And it was like, you know, like you have to guess the scene. But, you know, like it, it worked like a normal Trivial Pursuit. It just had a, a DVD or something like that. I can't even remember. Like, oh, DVDs actually were cool because DVDs ha- had software that they, so you could actually manipulate them to where they weren't the same all the time. But yeah, that, yeah. DVDs changed, changed that around a lot. <laughs> actually, when I was looking up stuff, I was like, holy cow, cow there's like a lot of different DVD-based board games. I, I, I really didn't actually realize that. But they're more of the interactive style, not so much uh, the cinematic stuff. Yeah, but. yeah. Um, I guess that kind of leads me to my last question on the subject. Really, is uh, you know we all seem to be fans of it, but um, and I and I do think there should be more. I guess, but do you, do you guys think there should be more of this kind of stuff out there or less? I mean, I I feel like there's a lot. I mean, like like Last of Us just came out. That was pretty much one of these things, you know, and yeah. you know, and it, it was met to to mixed reviews. So, I mean, how how do y'all feel? 
I think that uh, Last of Us Two is a whole different beast. Yeah. But um, and the um, I think that there's a very very it's easy to cross the line with cinematic. So uh, and full disclosure, I'm not a big uh, Metal Gear fan. But um, li- the the la- what was the last one? Not Sons of Liberty. I like that one. The Patriot uh, Gra- shit Fennepin. No, before Fennepin, the fourth one. The, Ground the Zeroes. Was- oh, page. Uh... <laughs> before ground zeros uh, who cares yeah the something of the patriots i think i don't know but um, guns of the patriots. yeah guns of the patriots. guns of the patriots I said, yeah it was on the playstation store for like 10 bucks or something and i was like you know what i'll just give it a try because i've heard this is like you know one of the greatest games of the generation this is in the ps3 so um i read about it i read about the his the timeline for for metal gear because all i, I played was Metal Gear on the Nintendo, and I played um, Sons of Liberty on Xbox, and that's it. So I knew nothing about the story. So you know, I read about it and knew even less than what I did when I knew nothing. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, so I start. I boot up this Metal Gear Solid Four, and it starts with like I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm exaggerating, but it has to be a fifteen to twenty minute cinematic. Well, you finally get to that. play half an yeah. hour. Yeah, it's yeah, like it, half an hour. Yeah, it's and then you finally get to play, and there's like these giant mech things, and you play for like I don't know five, maybe ten minutes, and then it goes right into another like thirty-five minute cutscene. Yep. And I was just like, I'm I'm done with this game. Like that's the only <laughs> time I ever played it. Um, Ground Zeroes, I that one it's not as bad, but Phantom Pain because that one was free also on the PlayStation Store. Uh, I I just couldn't. Uh, beautiful looking, and I mean. I, I guess the characters look cool and stuff, but it's really easy to cross that line. Whereas I haven't played Last of Us two, but the first Last of Us, it's a very good mix of cinematic storytelling. Um, the GTA games, for yeah, you know, some people yeah. as silly as they are, I think they mix story, cutscenes, and gameplay very, very well. Oh, I agree. Well, Red I, Dead I think, too. Yeah. yeah, Red Dead. Yeah, like the Rockstar games do a really good job of like mixing that cinematic experience. Uh, especially like uh, well, Grand Theft Auto Five and Red Dead Redemption Two, like take it to a whole new fucking level for sure. Like yeah. it, it th- those are exactly what you 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 want. You know, you get your you know thirty minutes of gameplay, and then you get your five minutes of like you know cutscene or whatever's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, it, I that's I think that's what I want. But I think with Red Dead Redemption and Grand Theft Auto Five, it was just everything was just happening at the same time so it just, i feel like there was a lot of things happening yeah. in this small little game and you're just like trying to like absorb everything or absorb yeah. everything right and there's also um there's also something to be said for games that aren't as cinematic because there was a point where um isometric rpgs were like the thing mm-hmm. uh people love well i guess yeah, they were very very popular among us uh, diablo crowd. 3 is still like probably my most played game ever <laughs> And and like the 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 pillars games are huge. I mean, people yeah. still talk about the original two Fallout games, but mm-hmm. um, one of the things about those games is they're they're the text is so intimidating. They are so yeah. text heavy, even for someone who enjoys reading. I mean, it can <laughs> it's daunting. So um, Wasteland Three, they've added some cinematics to them, but what they've done is instead of having these like pages and pages of like ten lines of text. Answers are shortened to the point. Like the longest conversation I've had was where I've had the and the voice. It's voiced now. That's cool, but um, I'd say they go maybe instead of going, you know, five or six pages, 
it'll be tops three pages and you rarely get to that third page mm-hmm. and it's like two or three sentences like it's short to the point but it gives you the exposition and, and lore that you need so mm-hmm. it's a thin line it's a really i still think there is a place for that well, lack of cinematics and text-based um yeah um, gameplay. Uh, yeah uh, yeah for sure like i still think like final fantasy like before we got to the the more modern ones i guess like I do really think that that was for me the most cinematic like experiences ever. Like I got you know emotion and excitement throughout. Like you know the I think the the six games that I got to play before we got to like the PlayStation Two. You know, like it, yeah. those were that like the text is what got me going. Like it it was a book. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm excited. Well, I mean, I, I definitely want more of this stuff, and I think you know, and I guess we could just close out on this. Like the truly, I think Witcher Three did like one of the most perfect blends of what you're talking about, Danny. Like that was like excellent lore. There was more stuff if you want to read stuff. There was more to it, you know. And then the mm-hmm. cinematic stuff that they had done, the voice acting was great. All that stuff was really awesome, and uh, you know, I'm really excited to see what that um, CD Projekt Red does with uh, Cyberpunk. You know, that that's that's an opportunity. Keanu Reeves is obviously in it, so you know, it's definitely going to be more of a cinematic uh, experience, I think, at times than I think even people realize. So, I'm uh, yeah, that one's going to on everyone's most wanted list, I think. Oh, 2020 has been a crazy, crazy, crazy or disastrous. <laughs> um, so uh, we decided this week we're going to talk about disaster movies, and there's a bunch of them. Now, before we even begin talking about movies, I wanted to ask you guys, aside from current conditions, have you ever been involved in a quote-unquote disaster? And it doesn't have to be a grand-scale one, but like myself, I was in um, I was in uh, Walnut grove i believe outside of oakland i was visiting a friend and uh one it was afternoon and the wall started shaking and you know everything of like stuff was shaking on the shelves and it only lasted like i don't know three or four seconds but i totally i, I got under a, a, a an arch i guess like a hall in the hallway mm-hmm. that, that's what they tell you to do and it was over before i knew it and i was like holy shit was that an earthquake and my friend was like ah they those always happen it was a <laughs> it was it was a three, and I guess that's no big deal to them, but yeah. it, it freaked the hell out of me. Oh, so my only natural disaster experience, uh, I mean, luckily I've spent a lot of time in the desert, and really, unless like, there's a sandstorm, you know, like makes you can't yeah. drive. Well, you, you, there's not much going on out here. But um, I did once foolishly get in my car and drive across the state of Texas to Houston, only to be welcomed by, I think it was Hurricane Patricia. Oh. <laughs> I was supposed to go fishing. And uh, ended up just being like uh, getting trapped in a house uh, with like some really good friends and just like drinking and like kind of this weird adult slumber party over the course of three days. But we couldn't leave. I mean, you couldn't go anywhere. It literally rained solid for three days. And I'd never experienced anything like that. And kind of like you, I was like, well, should we be concerned that it hasn't stopped raining for three days? And they were like, ah, it's Houston. It kind of just does, does this all the time anyway. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, whatever. You guys have great stories. Fuck. Uh, I was in a blizzard, like, I guess once in march <laughs> and i was like what is going on like why is it snowing Where so hard you? oh denver oh like, it was like, De- was oh, like okay yeah no denver can be warm one minute and then yeah so it, yeah i didn't I, I didn't understand what was going on i guess this is what we get like for being like in a desert yeah, <laughs> like desert we rats know nothing of the weather yeah, yeah exactly what yeah. what's going on i mean we have our sandstorms like i remember like Oh man, I remember one of these really bad ones. Like tore down a, 
a trailer home. And I was like, whoa. This I remember when, when I was a kid, it seemed like, you know, you're talking about, like, yeah, like the mountains kind of shield us. Nothing really happens here like that. And it seemed like there'd always be that one asshole who's like, well, we are on a dormant fault line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I felt two earthquakes out here. I would not call them natural disasters. I've definitely felt two earthquakes in El Paso, the El Paso area over my life, though. Yeah, I thought you were going to say in your shorts. No. (laughs) Every morning. So so what makes a good disaster movie? A really good disaster. Uh... (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's the obvious answer. Uh, Well, like, but like a high high drama on the Richter scale. Yeah. High drama. Uh, I would say, like, yeah, just uh, something ridiculous. I think it needs to be over the top. I think, I think a good disaster movie is based in something that's like a little bit outlandish. I think there has to be a little bit of, uh, yeah, it, it has to. Be, and that's the obvious answer. I don't even think about it, but yeah, there's that. Uh, I think there has to be tension in there too, like not the tension that you see in like this period piece, you know, love triangle type thing, but there has to be. You have to think. You you know that the good guy's gonna win in the end in these things. But there has to be that, like, who's going to die? Who's not going to make it? Who's going to lose their arm? Like, that kind of thing. What about you, Danny? What makes the disaster <laughs> yeah. movie work for you? Yeah, I think it, it, it has to be a little bit of that. Like, it has to have the, the, the tension of, like, how are they going to be able to, like, make it out, like, you know, out of a life. It's just, I don't know. Like, I feel like once this starts, like, you know, like, uh, the, the clouds get gray and we're going to, you know, I'm already strapping in because I think I just, I just like, like them. I, I don't. It doesn't need to be like any kind of storm, or it could be like a, a building, like you know, burning down, or a train that doesn't stop. Like, uh, yeah. like I'm all for. I'm already like fucking strapped in. I'm like, let's do this. <laughs> well, then so you, you like this answer. Right? Yeah, I was gonna I say you kind of answered my question, Daddy. So, um, are you a are you guys a fan of the genre? Like me myself, I don't really like disaster movies. Like, and maybe it's kind of what we were talking about. Like, I've never really experienced them, so I can't really relate to them. But the reason I don't like them, and I'll use Twister as an example. Oh, I love oh no! Come Twister on. the movie is no Twister the movie is fine, but I mean, there's evil storm chasers in it. Oh They're, yeah, it's so corny, <laughs> like it's over the top, like by nature. No pun intended. Like it has to be extreme and in your face and the it's so melodramatic and it's kind of stupid so um oh. i can't really get behind a disaster movie and oh, I, think, I think being stupid is part of a good disaster movie to be honest <laughs> yeah right. it just, I, I feel like it like the 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 science in it or the char- like character driven stuff it's just not really it doesn't need to really be there I feel like as like this is more like a set piece type of thing, especially like with like uh, Twister, like every little thing is like just pushing you to the next major tornado, you know, or they're going to have to survive through a fucking thing. Like, I feel that that's what makes it really great. Like um, 1998's like Godzilla. <laughs> like, I, I know it's not a disaster movie, but yeah, it, oh it, no. we'll, we'll, get, it, we'll, get, in, we'll yeah. get into fictional disasters. We <laughs> the, the, well, it's, I, a, it's, a, it's a thing. It's a real thing. There's lots of movies in that genre. Well, I feel like that that one kind of like solidified the the modern like disaster movie because everything starts small and it just like ends like with a huge like just everything is like completely changed forever and you see it and I think it's the same director but you oh, see yeah. it uh, the day after tomorrow uh, you see it in San Andreas it's all these same set pieces almost happen the same 
Yeah, they so, need a giant crescendo. Uh, that that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's super important. Um, and we'll 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 get into like what did the best job. And we all I think agree that the best disaster movie is Airplane. However, <laughs> um, as far as disaster movies go, I think that usually the ones that deal with um, Airplane and and I think it's Airplane. 79 or whichever like oh. it's a very famous scene where it's crashing through the airport window right. Yeah. like very well done very iconic and that's and this goes back to relatability i can I, while i've never been in danger while i'm on a plane i can certainly s- imagine that fear of oh my gosh we're running out of fuel or whatever the engine just died out or the pilot just ate some bad fish or whatever or langoliers <laughs> are eating the entire universe there's a gremlin on the wing so um i feel that and i I can't really name one in particular right now off the top of my head um maybe snakes on a plane i don't know but um i think airplane movies do the best of job of getting that disaster um tension across like what do you how do you what do you guys think did the best job of it oh fuck okay so i i think you're right um I, i feel because you're in the in the sky and there's danger just fucking everywhere you know especially if there's a crash landing you're now in a completely exotic sp- uh, place like i think alive was another one like were there in everest i don't think that again that's not like so much of a disaster movie or i guess it is but it, it it's so scary to know not know how how you'll survive in this uh, in these unknowns the the there's one movie that stands out to me because well, just it's horrifying on a lot of levels. The Martian. <laughs> Fuck. The The Martian is like almost a perfect disaster movie. It's like it's well acted. There's like it's like actual, I guess, some real science behind yeah. some of that stuff. Yeah. But um, I mean, yeah, I mean, imagine being stranded because of a sandstorm. You know, was it however million miles away Mars is like that, like that's full attention. You know, you're um, you need ebbs and flows of hope. And despair, and I think that movie like really delivers on all that stuff. Oh, it absolutely does. So, conversely, what do you guys have, think have done the uh, worst jobs of Dante's Peak? Dante's Peak. <laughs> you, you know, you know what? You, that's my answer, and not just Dante's Peak. Like vol- volcano movies in general. Like, I, yeah. I mean, when's the last time? What Mount Saint Helen? Like, uh, in, yeah. uh, like nineteen eighty-two or something. Like, yeah. I don't know. It seems like a volcano movie. Like, it's. They're so ridiculous, like the premise. Like I know volcanoes exist, and I know they erupt and stuff. But like, just the idea. Volcanoes are fake news. (laughs) Pompey. This this one volcano is gonna, you know, wipe out an entire, I don't know, continent or something. It's just stupid. Pompey was like what? How many centuries ago was that? Well, that's last year. (laughs) It was last year. Yeah, no, Uh, no. You know what? Yeah, I think volcano movies aren't the best i i don't care really i think i think it was dante's peak where i think the old lady's pushing the the boat so they could get across the lake and i just know they came out at like the same time yeah i don't remember which one it was but i just like i was like this is fucking hilarious so dumb and i just i love all I, the uh, shitty sci-fi versions of disaster movies that were birthed <laughs> after that like they had like a good 10-year run of like making really crappy disaster movies, and then it turned that all turned into like the Mega Shark versus Tornado or whatever. Yeah, I was gonna say that's how Asylum was birthed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so well, let's get into some. Well, Danny brought up Godzilla, so, and I don't want to close my eyes, and I don't want to fall asleep. So let's talk about some <laughs> uh, fictional disasters like a meteor hitting Earth. Um, 
I think I, like, I feel like you just wanted to use that lyric, and I <laughs> applaud you for it. No, I just actually thought of it right now because oh, okay. Aeros- <laughs> someone outside is listening to Aerosmith. Pink. <laughs> Worst band, Aerosmith. <laughs> you look like a lady. Um, <sighs> speaking of which, this is talking about. Here's a tangent for you. People complain about how like the the national anthem gets ruined. Listen to Steve Perry sing the national anthem before like the Indianapolis 500 or something. He like freestyles on a harmonica and I think he changes the lyrics around and stuff. And these fucking people cheer him. Like it's nobody's business, but you know, like Alicia Keys <laughs> does something weird. like senile, dude. Like, he's so <laughs> it's, it's so weird. You can find it on YouTube. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> um, I think for fictional disaster movies, the ones that, uh, I, and this kind of goes with what we're tired of seeing, seeing, um, Zombie apocalypse. I mean, I think that's definitely a disaster. Yeah. Um, I'm then then no, I'm, I'm not in a minority. I don't think um, it's definitely not a new thing. But I'm so tired of zombie movies. Uh, I you know what? I haven't I haven't watched one in a in a while. I think that last one I watched was probably that uh, Blood Quantum. And yeah, I mean, they've kind of just lost their luster. I mean, they anything that gets done as much as that, just it's gonna lose its its gusto. I have a great one though, and it's just came out this year. Underwater. Oh. Underwater kicks ass. And yes, is Cthulhu <laughs> spoiler alert? <laughs> natural disaster? Yeah, sure. Sure. But it's it's basically like, hey, an earthquake um has rattled this uh underwater station and they're trying to escape. You know, the, yes, are there monsters and stuff? Yeah, yeah there are. <laughs> but it, it, at its core, it's a disaster movie with the, all the same stuff that you, you would want from something like that. And it does such a great job. And I guess you kind of get that in the... I haven't seen Underwater, but is it similar to The Abyss? No, no. Abyss is much more slowly paced. And while, right. yes, you're talking about like uh, some kind of like unbeknownst uh, underwater being, um, this is much more in lines with like uh, a kaiju or something something akin to that. But and when I say Cthulhu, like it, I mean, it, I think it's Cthulhu. <laughs> you, you mean so, Cthulhu? <laughs> yeah, I actually mean Cthulhu. So, um, but uh, you know, it's one hundred percent worth uh, your time. Uh, it's 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 fast paced. Um, the acting is really good. It's got some good uh, comedic moments, and uh, yeah, I, I think it, it does. A, it keeps the tension through the entire thing. And like I said, it has a great crescendo. You know what was a, what was fictional just you know even last year and I really like but I think we're soon gonna get well in the next few years we're gonna get very tired of are movies about worldwide um, epidemic like outbreak and yeah. stuff like that like those are very interesting I've always enjoyed those movies um, now of course I, I don't think I can ever enjoy a movie like that again yeah. but um, within the next I would imagine you know twenty four months we're probably gonna be sick of seeing those movies because all we're gonna see are Movies about worldwide pandemics and quarantines and viruses and super viruses and aliens injecting us with viruses and all biological actually, warfare. I, that alien injecting us with viruses, I think I'm done to see that, actually. I think I'd rather see that. When it's the 20th virus movie of that month, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But I, I think right now, quote me on it, like I'm down. <laughs> You're down, you're down to clown. Like yeah. I'm <laughs> so along those lines, so I mean, there's gonna be, um, and there already has been some uh, coronavirus and pandemic movies, and there's gonna be a shit ton in the next few years. Were you guys kind of surprised by the lack of 9/11 movies? I mean, when the the first big not the big disaster that I saw um, like that was the Challenger. I remember watching that. Um, 
1986, you know, they didn't really make television movies like that or not really in the movies. But 9-11, you know, I thought – I really thought um, shortly afterward there would be all kinds of movies. And a few years later there was some and there was that weird Robert Pattinson one with that weird twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, there, there wasn't really as many – I thought there would be tons of them, but I think there's only like five or six of them. I think it's a sensitive subject. Yeah, it's just like – I think it's just one of those things that like it's really – I think it would be really easy to catch a lot of heat for. So I don't necessarily think it's like, oh, we'll have this like conscious, you know, we're going to make the conscious effort to not be, offend anybody. I just yeah. really think that people don't want to even take the risk of having, you know, that happen. So, eh, you know, it's, I, we're moving on down the line past that. But um, yeah. yeah, it's kind of surprising. I feel like it's not really about the actual event. It's I think it's more like the aftermath. Like, uh, I know we've talked about like Adam Sandler, like trying to be a dramatic performer or actor but rain over me was about 9-11 but the effects of the persons like you know he lost people in that movie and how it affected him uh, and also there's that charlie sheen 9-11 movie that came out i think like a couple of years ago it was like his like yeah there's a 90 there's oh, a 9-11 God. movie starring charlie sheen and uh, louis Pena. i think that's his name uh what's his name louis i, I forgot his name but uh it is it, like he put money down to it and it's supposed to be this like super dramatic film. It just comes off being very terrible. Yeah, it's actually called 911. <laughs> it's well, from I 2017. Guess, I guess because they can't really we'll just uh, honor one building anymore because uh, all buildings matter. Every Saturday you can find this here. <laughs> um, the rest of the week you go to uh, AIPTcomics.com where you can catch all our podcasts and uh, you can catch up on all our reviews and leave your thoughts some. Um, Fantastic Fest has gone virtual this year. Well, actually, it's a celebration of Fantastic Fest, and we will be there to cover it. We also have um, Adventures in Movies looks at dot, 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 where we look at some random, strange movie every week. Uh, This week and the next few weeks are going to be all horror, so check that out. And we have the quick and dirty version of this show on YouTube. Check us out. You can follow Adventures in Movies on Twitter over at AIPT Movies, or you can follow us individually. You can find Nathaniel or Pat on Instagram at Nathan Portaste. You can find me, Danny, at Twitter, on Twitter, I'm sorry, and to Instagram at default underscore player. And you can find Blake the in- Towering Inferno <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> at Void Horror. I take it back. That's the best one you've ever done. That's a good movie too. I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, Let's uh, let's do fantasy, guys. Let's do fantasy next week. Uh, Fantasy movies. You can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, Amazon Music. They just started um, having podcasts and we're on there so you can find us on Amazon Music uh, you can also go to the website check us out there uh, wherever you listen to us uh, make sure to give us a rating or just tell a friend to listen and that's our cue we will talk to you next week Godzilla. adios everyone